Welcome to this week's edition of Things You Should Know to Make Your Business Grow. I'm the founder and CEO of Gig CMO Limited, and we have as our guest today Steve Lanier, who's the president of American World Services Corp., also known as AWS Corp., their main offices in Washington, D.C. And Steve, I'd like to welcome you to the program. Great to be here. Thanks for having me, Mark. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's it's our pleasure to have you with us today, without a doubt. Why don't you give people a brief overview of AWS Corp? Yeah, we've uh, been in business a little bit over 20 years now. Uh, our focus is really helping non-U.S. companies develop the U.S. market. We're helping them sort of develop a strategy for the U.S., uh, how to get in. We do a lot of part, uh, marketing uh, studies, market checks to kind of look at the market. What are the trends? Who are the competitors? Um, what's going on to help us develop that? We do a lot of partner searches where we're looking for potential partners, distributors, agents, multipliers. We'll talk about multipliers maybe a little bit more today. And so we're really helping companies develop a strategy, get into market. And then we can also act as sort of a representative office in the long term to kind of help continue to develop the market. And that's really all we do. That's sort of our, it's good old fashioned marketing, develop strategy and, and get into the market. You know, that's, I think so many of our listeners really appreciate that because you've got a solid business. You're very clear about what you're doing and how you can help people. And I know a lot of times in discussions with clients, one of your key points is talking about the four main channels to market. Why don't you talk through that in a bit more detail for our listeners so they can benefit from your experience? That That's right. Typically, when we work with clients, we, we talk about four different um, channels to, to look at, to consider. Some of our clients work in one of them, some work in all four, but it's good to evaluate and sort of systematically look at all four to determine if the channel might be right. And the first channel that we look at is basically going direct. You have a list of potential clients and you want to contact them directly. That could be through a telephone call, email, LinkedIn, but you really want to have a direct contact with a potential client decision maker. And this is probably the most difficult, most challenging, time consuming channel to look at. So we don't uh, develop that or, or choose to go that direction lightly. But in certain cases, it makes sense. Sometimes there are no potential marketing partners that exist or no multipliers that exist. So you have to go direct. Other times you may have a very limited number of potential clients. So you want to contact them directly. Um, or sometimes uh, there just is a reason that there might be a client who's rather large and you want to take that on directly. So there could be valid reasons for going direct, but it's something that really uh, does take time and energy to do. Um, we suggest if you're going to go direct, uh, develop some type of specialization so that when you come in, uh, you're not going to be sort of one of the many vendors. You're going to come in with a specialization, uh, focus on an area that might be underserved. Um, I'll use a quick case study. We like I like case studies. Sure. Steve, mm -hmm. just before you mentioned that case study, you use this term if you have no multipliers and no marketing partners, although, uh, as you know, I'm Canadian and British now and you are American. Mm -hmm. A lot of our clients are in the UK and we all seem to be separated by common language at times. <laughs> so what exactly uh, did you mean? Uh, no multipliers. 
Good question. And um, multipliers is actually one of the channels, so we'll talk a little bit more. But oh, okay. Briefly, yeah, briefly, multipliers are typically industry associations, uh, different influencers who are in the industry, um, other service providers who might be in the industry. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But that's, you know, industry associations is a good way to, to think about multipliers. So that's sort of the quick, quick answer to to that. And um, they can open the door to potential clients. Hmm. So yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And you're going to give us a case study. Yeah. When we look, um, you know, I use this example. We work with a vaccine producer and this is pre COVID. So this was, you know, had nothing to do with COVID or anything, but they were a vaccine wow. producer and they were targeting uh, pharmaceutical companies uh, directly. And after our discussions, we said, all right, let's go direct. Um, there was a number of companies, number of pharma companies that we we targeted. And in this case, we went after the animal health division uh, because going after the human side, there was a lot more activity, a lot more competition. And so we looked at the animal health side, which was sort of an underserved area to get in. And they came up with a real interesting specialization and they were able to get in. It took months and months to get in, finding the right decision maker. Uh, but they were able to basically sign a licensing deal with one of the pharma companies for their animal health area. So, again, a channel that's difficult, channel that's challenging, but it can make sense in certain cases to to look at going direct uh, uh, to target potential clients. Right. And I also think with that uh, example you gave, so you also helped them because they knew they wanted to penetrate the U.S. market, obviously, because the size and uh, potential profits available. But they had a product portfolio decision to make as well, because I I understand they have human vaccines and animal vaccines. And we're trying to work with you to figure out which would be the best product even before the channels to to get into the U.S. market. Is that correct? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And that's sort of part of the strategy development um, is kind of going out and looking. Is there potential here? And a lot of our clients they, especially service providers, for example, they oftentimes uh, offer a wide range of services. This vaccine producer, they offered a wide range of sort of vaccine uh, solutions and services. And we tried to help them narrow down, okay, where do we want to start? Because if you come into a potential client and say, look, we can do everything, they say, okay, I'll call you when I need everything. But if you come in with sort of a specialization, okay, you're limiting your services. At the same time, you really then can open the door a little more easily because uh, of the specialization, because you're different. You're not doing what everyone else is doing. So to open the door, we suggest to come in with a specialization. Okay, in- interesting. So that's the Go Direct channel. What's what's an- another one of the, the four key so, channels you work with? Yeah, the second one is more one that I wasn't talking about 10 years ago which is basically digital marketing and social media. And now everybody needs to have sort of a a conversation about what they're going to be doing, especially if you're B2C. If you're targeting consumers in the U.S., you need need to have some kind of digital marketing strategy in place. Um, And uh, it's something that's important, um, something to look at. Even again, if it's sort of, okay, we have a Facebook page in English or we have a, a, a website, it's important to have a conversation about what is your digital marketing strategy in the U.S. and how you're going to, to use that. Um, 
And again, for consumers, we found that is extremely important. Even if you do use a distributor or importer, they're going to ask, what's your digital marketing strategy? So again, important to have a conversation around that and develop activities in the U.S. You might not do everything that you're doing in your home market, but you want to have some kind of strategy in place uh, that you can communicate uh, to find clients. So that's sort of the yes, second area to look at. Interesting. As a channel, you know, localization in that digital world is so important, right? For example, Facebook, you know, how people use that in different countries does differ and how you communicate what words and images, et cetera, uh, becomes really important, as does your LinkedIn profiles. You and I both know, Steve, if you look at someone on LinkedIn, you can almost tell what country they're from. Mm, uh, by how they're right. in the profile. And we're, and we're not talking about the language, uh, mm-hmm. but just how they present themselves, because, you know, I've seen Italian companies, uh, British companies, American companies and, and Canadian companies and just how they create their digital presence. You can just almost see. They're different, right? That's exactly right. Mm. Okay. <clears throat> so that's localization is very important. So that's two. Go direct your digital presence. You still need to look at your as a channel. What's the third key channel you look at? And then the third one, we're back to multipliers. And um, that's where I, I really like this channel because it is oftentimes overlooked. Um, it's a channel that doesn't get the respect that I think it should. And um, uh, but basically multipliers, as mentioned, any type of organization, influencer, industry association, um, even another service provider. Uh, for example, uh, lawyers. Um, we found lawyers that can open the door to potential clients um, in the U.S. And so it's sort of developing a network, identifying these multipliers that have in their network potential clients that you want to talk with. And I think industry associations is probably the best example Um we right. find multipliers are especially relevant for service companies. Uh, if you're doing any type of engineering services, software services, design services, uh, consulting, multipliers give you credibility because now you're part of the industry if you're part of an industry mm-hmm. association and they can go out there and open the door uh, to their uh, potential members. So an important right. channel to look at. Yeah, I certainly remember one of our first discussions after we were introduced, actually by a lawyer in the States. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, which, and just for our listeners, it was all positive. We weren't both in trouble together and we're sitting asking the same guy for help. It was somebody we were introduced to by uh, mutual friends. Uh, but, uh, you know, and you first talked about multipliers and I thought that was such a powerful Insight. And as you said, very often overlooked. Okay. Uh, mm. because, you know, particularly, you know, in the U.S. market, it's, it's a large, obviously it's a large market, developed market, very sophisticated and industry associations and trade bodies play a really important role in sometimes driving the regulatory agenda, right? Fighting right. for the, the benefits. Uh, the benefit benefits for their members and the needs of their member to make sure their voices are heard where your head office is conveniently located in Washington. That's exactly right. 
and um, they, they really can be multifunctional in, in what they offer. Um, another little case study, if I may, we yes, were working please. with an, yeah, an Italian company that had sort of these high-end uh, architectural design services, but more interior cabinetry and all these kind of um, uh, high-end sort of furniture cabinetry that they were developing from wood. And um, they worked with architects. Their target was architects. So, again, looking at the channels, you can, you know, target architects directly, call them up, email, you know, target them through LinkedIn. You can do search engine optimizations. Hopefully an architect's going to find you on the web. And you can also look at multipliers. And we were able to develop a number of architectural associations that had a high-end um, uh, group of architects. And so we said, hey, we can we do a webinar with them? We joined. In this case, we had to join. Uh, they had to pay some money, hundreds of dollars to join the organization. Um, but then we were able to organize a webinar. They made a presentation about how to use wood, when to use wood, what are the different types of wood. And there were about 100 architects that were part of this uh, webinar. And so they were able Excellent. to get their message out during during the pandemic, during COVID. They were able to get their message out to 100 some architects uh, about what they were doing. And so that's wow. the power of a multiplier. Um, again, you know, I never say one channel is the best or this is the right channel. You have to systematically evaluate every one. But I think that's a great example of, you know, this got them in front of their clients at a time when they couldn't travel, uh, but they were still able to get their message out. And that's that's powerful. Absolutely. Very powerful. OK, so number three and number four, last but not least. Last but not least. <clears throat> and this is more the traditional channel. Um, working with partners such as importers, distributors, agents, uh, manufacturers, reps. And I would add complementary manufacturers as well, again, which can be overlooked. Uh, you know, if, if, again, these partners are typically more suitable if you have a, an actual product to sell, whether it's a consumer product or an industrial product, then you're going to look more for uh, importer, distributor, agent. Um, but a lot of times even service companies can find potential well-targeted partners that could represent them. In that case, when it's a service company, well, oftentimes we look at doing maybe even a cross-marketing relationship where a service company in the U.S. represents our client. And then our client sometimes will represent the U.S. partner in their home market. Um, but there's again, you kind of look at different uh, partners who might represent you and be able to offer um, your products or services through their their network. Um, just briefly, complementary manufacturers would be any type of manufacturer who is uh, in the industry you're in, but they're not a, they're not selling or, or producing a direct directly competitive product. They're doing a a, a complementary product, and that's sort of the ideal activity. Um, yes, and and will you get in there? with them and help the potential client uh, meet meet these complementary partners and set up the meetings and work with them on their engagement? That's it. That's exactly right. We'll help identify uh, potential uh, partners, complementary manufacturers or other uh, uh, distributors, agents and so on, and really try to help them get in and find the right partner. Uh, I say it's like a marriage. You know, you have to kind of go in. You never know if you're going to get married. But, you know, our job is to try to increase the chances that you're going to find 
that that right partner. Um, I think the other area to look at, which we kind of put under this partnership umbrella, is to look at an acquisition or some kind of joint venture partner. I don't like the term joint venture because it's it, it's hard to define sometimes, but acquisition. Right now in the U.S., it's a real buyer's market if someone's looking to acquire a company. Um, all the baby boomers are starting to think about retirement and they're starting to look for potential exit strategies. So we do um, a number of acquisition projects a year and we're seeing that um, we're able to find potential acquisition partners more easily now than, say, 10 years ago. And so that's yeah, another item, you know, entry to look at. Um, we worked with one company in the UK that was making auto parts and they really had a hard time developing their brand name. And you know, even they met with a number of distributors and the distributors were just really not moving. The, they, they sold on the Internet. That really wasn't moving. And we said, you know, acquisition might be something to look at. And, you know, again, you don't do it lightly. It takes an investment. But an acquisition can give you a partnership that gets you into the market. Um, you have a, a, a ready-made brand and network to work with. And right now, it's a, not a bad time to look at buying a company in the U.S. So that's another sort of underserved or underlooked at partnership option as well. So that fourth channel you talk about is partnerships, agents, distributors. That's potentially that's acquisition. Right. Is that is that mm -hmm. correct? Okay, excellent. Yeah. So uh, just just to summarize, so the four main channels to market, you know, go direct, uh, mm -hmm. establish a, a, a digital presence, look for multipliers, industry associations, influencers, and some form of partnership, whether that's, you know, through an agent or distributor or closer, as you said, a, a, a complementary, you know, perhaps a frenemy or an acquisition. So and as you said, there might be a, actually a mix of those as you approach the market, but usually best to start with one or two to focus on to get some traction, I would think. That's right. It is difficult to develop all four in the beginning. Um, that takes a lot of time and effort. Again, it it's not necessarily um, it still is doable, but it, it takes it's a little more complicated. Um, that's kind of the. Uh, more sophisticated or, or higher level if you're going to go after all four at once in the beginning. Um, yeah, most of our clients will go after one or two. Mm. Okay. And, you know, from your case studies, you're talking, you know, from vaccine manufacturers to uh, manufacturers of, uh, of wood timber-based products, mm. uh, we talked about, you know, some B2C as well. So obviously you've worked with in industries, uh, companies across industries and, B2C, B2B, is that correct? Or That's right. That's right. Yeah, we've done a lot of different uh, consumer product um, projects. Uh, we've done a lot of service projects, even in the IT area. Uh, and we've done a lot of industrial products. And again, we sort of uh, we developed uh, activities in all three over 20 years. We haven't we didn't start in all three, but over time, we've really been able to develop sort of an expertise in in a number of different industry sectors. And um, yes, um, that's been helpful for our clients. Mm. OK. And I also understand uh, that, you know, you've worked with partners throughout. Uh, well, I guess firms throughout Europe. Have come to you to help them succeed. German firms, French firms, firms from Central and Eastern Europe, firms from the UK. 
So you, you've, you've, you've been a good enabler for many companies from different geographies, you know, uh, 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 across, across Europe. That's right. About probably 80% of our clients or even 90% on certain years of our clients come from Europe. I put the UK in Europe. I should say Europe and the UK now. Um, but sort of from, from, from this side of the Atlantic, this is really our, our, uh, client base. And we do some projects. We give some every once in a while clients from Asia. We've done projects with clients from Japan and Korea, but our real bread and butter, uh, is in the European area. That's really where we yes. work. And, um, and, and as a service company, we work with our own, uh, sort of strategy. We work with a number of multipliers, uh, and these, mm-hmm. Uh, organizations bring us clients on a regular basis, like the the DIT in the UK or uh, Switzerland Global Enterprise. These are sort of different organizations, and we work with them closely for years, and oftentimes they will bring us uh, companies that are looking to develop the U.S. market. So um, we're kind of a testimonial to our own strategy development. Mm. Yes, uh, very good. Very exciting. Uh, I think... uh, just before we wrap up, our listeners always, you know, they're re- probably find this podcast really interesting conversation with you, Steve, and about the services you provide. And everybody always wants to ask, but never ask, you know, how much is this? Is this like a hundred thousand dollars to get you to work with them, or, you know, what's what's the minimum sort of engagement in, investment? Because they're going to a new market, so you know, companies are serious about it recognize there are some upfront costs because if you don't invest anything, you're not going to get a return. What's mm. the minimum sort of you look at for an engagement or your clients, you know, expect or and recognize they need to uh, invest to move ahead on something with you? Yeah, that's a valid question. Very valid question. I mean, we, what we're, when we do a project, whether it's some type of a market check, market study or partner search, um, you know, I, I roughly say to think about $10,000, not pounds or euros, but about $10,000. And sometimes it, it's less than that. Sometimes it's a little bit more. Um, it just depends on what, what we're looking at, what we're doing. Um, and, um, you know, if we're doing a combination or doing a very significant project, it could be more than that. Oftentimes it's a little bit less than that. But that's roughly for, for our services, you know, all of our clients are small and mid-sized enterprises. We work yes. with SMEs, and we know budgets are important, um, but it does still take an investment to look at the U.S. And so we say, to, you know, plan around $10,000 for that first type of project to try to get you in and get you going. And then, you know, the worst-case scenario, if you really don't get in, you're going to understand the market. You're going to be smarter. It might be another year before you get in or you might come back home, but you'll be a lot smarter and you'll know what's going on. So that's kind of a yes. quick, quick answer. Excellent. Great. Well, uh, thank you, Steve, for joining our podcast this week of things you should know to make your business grow. It's been a very insightful discussion. Uh, great to have you here with us. Great to be here and always happy to brainstorm with anybody that might want to have a one on one or brainstorm more. And uh, hopefully that'll be helpful and give your listeners some food for thought for their their systematic marketing activities. Absolutely. I I think it's been great. So uh, thank you very much, everyone, for listening to our podcast today. Our guest has been the president of AWS Corp, 
Steve Lanier. Uh, their main office is in Washington, D.C. And as you've heard throughout the podcast, there are people who uh, make it happen if you want to uh, penetrate the U.S. market. They talk about the four main channels. So hopefully you've found this is conversation as beneficial as we have today. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Mm-hmm.